if you can miss me. <laughs> if you miss me, you're a bad shot. Amen. Amen. What a miracle we're sitting in tonight. Amen. Uh, i got to say it again. You all should have just absolutely Come clapped. On. No, that's right. Like banshees. What a miracle we're sitting yes. in tonight. Amen. some churches that have been in gear for a long time that don't have a building or an opportunity like this and the Lord has blessed you with a beautiful piece of property yes. and a great facility Amen. hallelujah Amen. Amen. What a wonderful the problem that I foresee is that you will be running out of room very shortly and I can't help you with that. <laughs> but it will be a good uncomfortable problem. Yes. Amen. There are some uncomfortable situations that are really bad and people have problems living with them. But being in a packed out church is not one of those things. Right, right. right. Because it only makes you feel part of a bigger body of Christ. Yes. Amen. yes. And it only gets you excited to be able to enlarge and expand. And you got enough property here yeah. to do whatever you need to do. Wow. Yeah. Right on the four lane, Tipsy Highway. Yeah. Everybody in Louisville's been on this road. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. It's one of the oldest roads coming down through Louisville. So this is what an opportunity. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Had a great time in Radcliffe, which I thought I was in Louisville. <laughs> I didn't know any better sorry. But now I know. I'm in Louisville now. I wasn't this morning. Uh, faith promise, which we had at Radcliffe this morning, I'll just explain it to you simply. Do the ushers have those two, brother? Yes. Okay, if the usher be usher, would be kind of ushers. And by the way, that your father-in-law owns the Gretsch, is that right? Yeah. Yes. I'll give you $500 for it right now. <laughs> he hesitated just for a minute, didn't he? Did you see a little bit of a hesitation? That is a country gentleman. Chet Atkins used to play that. Nice guitar. Oh, fake promise, sorry. <laughs> fake promise, they're going to hand you cards right here. Of course, the Radcliffe folks got their card this morning. If you didn't get a card, please raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. The simplicity of faith promise is beyond tithe and offering for your church is a missions giving, literally a vehicle that allows the local church outside of tithe and offering to give by faith what the Lord lays on your heart on either weekly, monthly, or even an annual uh, giving. Yeah. And faith promise is a simple scriptural thing. Give and it shall be given unto you. He yes. pressed, shake, running over. And then the Bible says, what you meet to God will be meted back to you. Yes. David said, I was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Right. You will never be able to outgive God. Right. 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 You can try it, but He'll fill your pockets full where yes. you can give more That's to His right. kingdom. That's now, right. if you're doing it for a selfish purpose, it won't work. Any preacher that preaches to you, God wants to make you rich, is, a, is an idiot. Yeah, right. I'm not allowed to say that. No. 
We're live, live streaming. He is a scripturally inept person. Is that better? Scripturally inept because God did not come to this earth to make us rich. Right. He came to this earth to save us. Amen. And the very things we count as the most precious articles that we put in our banks and our vaults, gold, silver, precious jewels, God uses for building materials. Right. And we will walk on the streets of gold through gates of pearl, walls of jasper, mansions, yeah. crystal rivers, golden thrones, and all of it God used just to build a heavenly home for us to trod on. Amen. So the things that the world counts so precious are not the most precious things right. exactly. for eternity. Amen. They will fade. The Bible said moth and rust do corrupt. Yes. So what we do here now is what we do for eternity tomorrow. And as I give to His kingdom, I'm laying up treasures. And where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. Right, right. So the great thing about living for God is He not only takes care of me while I'm walking this earth, and He takes care of me bountifully. Yes. He is preparing a home that I may dwell in that I did not pay for, but He paid for with His precious redemptive blood. Yes. And faith promise gives me the ability to give back to God His kingdom, but not just that, but to send His precious word to others. Aren't you thankful for His salvation? Yes. How many are thankful that the Lord found you in darkness and brought you out of darkness? Man, you know, you can't put a price on salvation. And yet we have found that for $300, people overseas repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, and get filled with the Holy Ghost. And they will walk on streets of gold with us simply by our giving. Yes. Thank God. Yes. I'm thankful for every missionary that is willing to go and I'm willing to support them in the process of going. Me and my wife have also taken on several missionaries and several home missionaries because we believe in being a part of this great plan of reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus. Yes. And the quicker the world is reached, the quicker we get out of this world. Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of ready to get out of here. Yeah. This world is not my home. That's right. I'm just a passing through. I'm a pilgrim and a sojourner. I'm like Abraham. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Yes. Amen. 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 So if you will put your name on that card, you don't have to put your address. They're not going to come looking for you. They're not going to send you bills in the mail. But put your name on that card. And what you give stays right here in this local church for you to decide where it goes toward missions. So that's a great thing. I'm not here to take your money. I'm here to raise money for you here at home. Yeah. That makes it a whole lot better. You like me better now? Yeah. <laughs> I want to read a couple scriptures and uh, then I want to just talk to you for a few minutes about faith. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 31 and 32. I'll read three portions of scripture that are parallel scriptures and they'll put them up on the screen for us to make it easier. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 through 32. Another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like. Everybody say, The kingdom of heaven is like. To a grain mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest. <laughs> 
yes. among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Then Mark chapter 4, verse 30 through 32. I'll give you a minute to get there if you're on your iPad or your phone. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Everybody say, liken the kingdom of God. Liken the kingdom of God. Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. When it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And then Luke 13, verse 18 and 19. Then said he, Unto what is the kingdom of God like? Where shall I resemble it? It's like a grain of a mustard seed, which a man took, cast into his garden, and it grew and waxed a great tree, and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. So I want to just talk to you for a little while on the simple subject of in the kingdom of God, the rules do not apply. In the kingdom of God, the rules do not apply. Turn to your neighbor and say, in the kingdom of God, the rules do not apply. You'll understand where I'm going in just a moment. You may be seated. So Jesus is describing the kingdom of God and He said, where shall I liken it? Under what shall I resemble it? And He said, it's like a mustard seed. And then He seems to go a little far with the analogy. Yeah. He becomes evangelistical. Because an evangelist has 10 people get the Holy Ghost, but by the time He's done telling the story, it was 10,000. And so here's Jesus talking about a mustard seed that turns into a tree. He says it's so great and the branches reach out so far that men find shelter underneath it and the birds get away from the heat of the day. The reason I say the analogy goes a little far because in the real world, a mustard plant is nothing more and a shrub, a weed. The highest a mustard plant will get was maybe five. And if you're lucky and you stretched it and you tied it together at the bottom, maybe six foot, maybe. And it's a whole bunch of branches, not big, thick limbs. It's a shrub. I'll explain to you this. It is such a shrub or a weed that God would not let Israel plant the mustard seed in their garden because it was a weed, a shrub. And yet when He robes Himself in flesh and comes to the earth, He says, My kingdom is like a mustard seed that turns into a tree. What's amazing to me is His own disciples hear Him telling this analogy and never refute Him. 
You never see the disciples saying, Master, that's nice, but you and I both know it's nothing more than a shrub. But they never do. Because they learn something about Jesus by the time He says this. And that is, the rules of the earth do not apply to the kingdom of heaven. When it comes to God's kingdom, these rules that we live under do not apply. Let me explain to you how that works. Newton's law of gravity. What goes up? Everybody knows it. Everybody knows if you throw a brick in the air straight up, you better move. Because it's coming back down. And where it falls, it will hit whoever is underneath it. Am I right? Right. So we don't throw a lead ball up in the air and get shocked when it whacks us in the noggin. We know it's coming back. Right. Am I right? Right. What goes up? When an apple, when you, we we call it falling in love, but it's always a fall. Yeah. When the apple breaks off the tree, it falls to the ground. It's coming down. Yeah. Because gravity has that pull. But yet, in the kingdom of God, ain't no grave. Right. Gonna hold this body down. Right. Right. We used to sing that. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. There ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get up out of that ground. Cause there ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. First Thessalonians four and sixteen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And there ain't no law of gravity going to keep us down from meeting the Lord in heaven. In the kingdom of God, the rules do not Say it with me. In the kingdom of God, the rules do not apply. I hope by the time I get into this, you'll be with me. The rule of action and reaction. Every action causes a reaction. All forces occur in pairs. These two forces are equal in magnitude and opposite in direction. In other words, every force for every force on earth, there is an equal force that is opposite. But in the kingdom of God, but in the kingdom of God, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. There's no equal. He he, He hung stars on nothing. He flung the worlds out into space and the earth began to rotate on an axis to keep us to the ground about that Newton's law of gravity, it's God's hand that keeps it where it is. Perfectly away from the sun that we don't get burned up and perfectly close enough to the sun that we don't freeze to death. No matter how bad the winter gets, we can make it. Am I right? And yet the world says there's always an equal force. When it comes to Jesus, there is no equal force. 
When it comes to the power of God, there is no equal force. Blind eyes have to open. Lame feet have to walk. The dead are raised by His voice. With man, these things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Because in His kingdom, the rules do not apply. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. In the kingdom of God, the rules do not apply. I'm about to get you there. Now, we got school teachers here, right? Anybody? Anyone? Thank you, sister. In the law of mathematics, 2 plus 2 equals 5. <laughs> what, what, and, and you're laughing because we all know that's, that's dumb. It doesn't. It equals 4. Turn to your neighbor and say, 2 plus 2 will always be 4. That's the law of mathematics, right? You can't make it in a school when you walk. I don't care if you put letters in your math. And they've done that. But you can't walk into a class and start teaching students 2 plus 2 equals 5. They're going to come in and say, uh, well, we're going to put somebody else in here for math class. We're moving you out to the gym. Yeah. Am I right? Because yeah. it's the rule of mathematics. And yet in the kingdom of God, the Bible says, one shall put a thousand to flight, yeah, right. and two shall put two thousand. Oh wait, God's all messed up. At least follow the accord of the numbers. One puts a thousand, two should put two thousand. No, no, in God's kingdom, one puts a thousand because the rules do not apply. Two puts ten thousand. My God, He didn't even have to go to three because our minds boggled by the fact that He goes from one thousand to ten thousand. He doesn't even worry about the rules. What kind of math teacher would God be today? He wouldn't make it in this earth, but with God. I said with God. The kingdom rules supreme. And the earth rules nothing. In the kingdom of God, the rules... Let me give you a prime example. Jesus is teaching. There's over 5,000 men alone in the multitude. And He turns to His disciples and He says, give you them to eat. And immediately, Peter, James, and John go out looking for food. They find a little kid with a Happy Meal. And they, they roll him. Peter and James hold him down. Andrew rips his lunch away and runs to Jesus. Judas is counted in the bag and said, there's 200 penny worth. It's not enough to give him a bite at all. And yet, they bring a... They bring a lad's lunch. A happy meal. It's a kid's... How many have children? You take them to get a happy meal, what do they do? They bite the hamburger two times. They eat three french fries. What are they doing? They're playing with the stupid little plastic toy. And that's lunch for a kid. So that's why McDonald's does not put the extra large for kids. Because they're not going to eat it. You have to wrap it up and take it home and put it in the refrigerator. And kids will eat it after it comes out of the microwave. 
Thank God for that. Thank God for macaroni and cheese. Because some kids wouldn't survive adolescence without mashed potatoes or macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. I love hot dogs to this day. But now if you're going to take me out, I don't know what you all are laughing about, but I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're going to take me out and you say, here, Brother Abernathy, here's your happy meal. You ain't going to make me happy when I look in that little box and the toy's bigger than the hamburger. And neither am I going to be full. I may smile at you and say, thank you. And as soon as I've engulfed it, and we part company, I'm going by Burger King and getting a double Whopper with cheese. So when they bring a lad's lunch to Jesus, it's not even enough to make an impact. But Jesus says, give it to me. Because the rules do not apply. So He takes a few loaves and a few fishes and He begins to pray over it and bless it. And then he breaks it. I would just to have loved been one of the disciples as I watched it multiply. Because yeah. every time he broke off a piece of fish and another piece of bread, and I'm holding the plate, he keeps filling the plate up, but they never get smaller. Yeah. Right, right. I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd be saying, hey, yeah. <laughs> Here, take this plate. I'll give me another wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. Why? Because they've never seen this happen before. Right, right. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, right. a lad's lunch will feed 5,000 and more. Put it in the hands of Jesus. That's why I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter how little you think your offering is, put it in the hands of the one that can bless it. Put it in the hands of the one that can break it and distribute it. God can do with what you have what you do not think you can do. If we can put into our in His hands our lives, it's amazing to think what God can do. That's right. That's right. We always come to Jesus as if we have nothing, and we do not. We really have nothing to afford right. His kingdom. Right. But if we can allow ourselves to be a vessel that He can put His hands on yes. and bless us and break us and use us. What could God do with this group right here? Yeah. Right. With His 12 disciples, the Gospel began to spread. Right, 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 right. On the day of Pentecost, right. on the day of Pentecost, 120 got the Holy Ghost. What happened right after the Holy Ghost fell? 3,000 headed to the church. Bang. A few days later, 5,000. Bang. Why? Because in the Kingdom of God, the rules do not apply. His Word is filled with the circumstances of the rules not applying. Moses stood at 80 years old on the backside of a wilderness. He sees a burning bush outside of his zone of comfort and walks over to it because as he watches it, it is not engulfed. It's full of flame, but it's not consumed. And he walks over to it with his staff in hand and he says, this is a miracle. And all of a sudden, the bush starts talking to him. And the voice of God says, take off your shoes. You are standing 
on holy ground. Right, right. Can I explain to you? There was no difference in the ground that Moses stood on. Right. The only difference was the God that was speaking to him. Yes. And where God is. See, that's why this church is an amazing miracle. Yes. Before, right. it was just another church. Yeah. But now the body of Christ dwells in it. Right. Blood bought, yes. filled with His Spirit, yes. redeemed, called by His name. Right. Woo! Now all of a sudden, it's not a church that may go into foreclosure. It's a church that's fixing to bust the walls out. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, what's the Lord say to Moses? What is? I want you to go to Egypt, and I want you to tell Pharaoh, "I am sent you." Moses said, "I can't even speak." I know I was raised in Pharaoh's house, but what am I going to say to Pharaoh that's going to impact him? And the Lord said, you tell him, I am that I am has sent you. Right. And all of a sudden the Lord says, you're not catching this. Let me show you. What's that in thy hand? He's holding a stick. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to see Pharaoh, I want more than a stick. But yet God uses a stick. Why? Because it's not what everybody would think is going to do the job. And yet God wants to show Moses the rules don't apply. He said, throw that stick to the ground. When He did, it turned into a serpent. He said, pick it up by the tail. And He did, it turned back into a stick. So He walks into Pharaoh's court. Pharaoh says, who has sent you? And who is the Lord that I should obey Him? And he said, I am that I am has sent me. Throws this stick down. Turns into this serpent. Now, the magicians try to duplicate it. Their sticks turn into serpents too. But all of a sudden, the stick that God uses swallows. Swallows. Slurps it like a 7-Eleven Slurpee down and they're gone and Moses picks it back up again. Guess who's impressed? Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Moses said, if you don't let my people go, God's going to send plagues. What did God use to bring blood, rain, locusts, a stick? Yeah. Moses is whacking the ground, touching the river. Everything that he does, he does with a stick. And ten plagues get rid of the ten gods of Egypt. Right. With a stick. Because right. God doesn't need that much. Right. He just needs faith. Yes. Yeah. And by the time he gets to the Red Sea, Moses says, Pharaoh's behind me. They're going to eat us up and kill us and take us back into bondage. And the Lord said, Hello, you've got a stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hello, you've got a stick. And what's he do? He raises it across the Red Sea. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, w- I want you to understand this. You've got 2.5 million Israelites going to the Red Sea. For Israel to... And I'll just... I'll knock this dead horse. I have read historians say that they crossed in the shallow part of the Red Sea, which was only ankle deep. There was no miracle of the rolling back of the Red Sea. If that's true, I'll take that. Because Pharaoh said, we'll follow them. Because as Israel went, I'll go too. And so in ankle deep water... 
God drowned Pharaoh and his armies. Now you've got to get your head down low to ground. Am I right? So I'll take either way you want to do it, I'll take it. But the Bible says, the Bible says, God rolled the Red Sea back on both sides. The wind blew, listen to me, all night long. Now, for 2.5 million people to get across the Red Sea in one night, God had to roll back the Red Sea three miles. Folks, you can't see the other side of that. But when that multitude crossed that sea, I just want to be on the side where the water was. We'll need a lobster when we get over to the other side. Maybe a tuna, something. Keep putting your hand in there, son. There's something in there. Wouldn't you want to touch it? Wouldn't you want to say this is incredible? The ground's dry. I'm looking at a wall that's reaching to the heavens and there's got to be something in there we can eat. And get to the other side. God takes them across. Pharaoh follows and with a stick. God destroys Pharaoh and his armies and they never saw Pharaoh again. With a stick. David stood in front of a giant six foot ten inches tall. He kneels down by the creek and he gets five rocks. I've heard preachers preach, well, you know, those rocks mean grace. G-R-A-C-E. <laughs> means mercy. And that's fine. And I've even heard people say it means Jesus in typology. I agree. That's wonderful. But you have to stop for a second. The Philistines had a family that was producing giants in Gath. And Goliath was one of five brothers. There were four others behind him. I believe David got five stones because he figured, when I kill Bubba, his brothers are coming. Or even better yet, he says in his mind, if I whack him with one stone and that's not enough, I think I can get five off before he gets to me. But here's this little boy, literally a lad, walking out to this seven foot six inch giant. And he stands before him. And Goliath looks at him from his eight foot four inch perch and says, you sent a dog out here to me. You sent a kid. And David looks up at this nine foot, eight inch demon and says, you come against me with sword, shield, and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts and He will deliver you into my hand. I'm sure that ten foot, fifteen inch devil, and I know that's eleven foot, but I would say that 12, inch, six inch, 12 foot 6 inch devil laughed until he grew another foot. But by the time David was swinging, now you laughing, but my giants get bigger the closer I get to them. Am I wrong? 
No, your problems always get bigger when you get closer. That, that, that giant was 16 foot by the time David had a stone in his sling. And probably 20 foot when he was standing on top of him with the sword. But I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter how big your situation is. It doesn't matter how bad your problem is. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in because in the kingdom of God the rules do not apply. Come on folks, we got to get a faith about the God we serve that surpasses all worry, all fret, all care, all fear. And we've got to believe God. Yes. We've got to believe God. Stand with me if you would, I'll pray. Gideon had trumpets, pitchers, and some vessels to put them in. Torches. I wonder what those guys thought when they pulled the curtains off those wagons. Here's our secret weapon. Trumpets. Are we going to make them fall asleep by playing songs to them? One. Now whack him in the head with a trumpet. What are we going to do with a pitcher and a torch? But because God doesn't really need our help, He needs our faith. Right. You understand me? That when He stood them out laying 300 men that had started out with 25,000, when He stood them outlined on the hills overlooking Midian's army, God was saying, I want to show you what I can do with men who simply believe. And the Bible said they blew the trumpets, they broke the pitchers, and they held their torches. And Midian turned their swords against each other. And without lifting one sword, Israel destroyed the Midianite army. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, the rules do not Wouldn't you have liked to have been the widow when Elijah said, make me a cake, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of it. And when she went back and reached down for her and her son, what had disappeared for Elijah, his cake, now became real in her hand. How many neighbors do you think came over and said, I'd like to borrow a cup of meal, a cup of oil. No problem. Let me have it. She'd scoop back down in there and Everything she scooped out just replaced itself. For three years, while the famine was hard upon Israel, one old woman and her son decided the rules do not apply. The rules do not apply. I don't know where you stand today. I don't know your circumstance. I don't know your problems. I don't know what you're facing. But I do know the God that we serve. And I know there is nothing that He cannot overcome. He cannot fix. He cannot heal. He cannot deliver. My God can do anything. Yes. Right. Yes. Say, yes. Brother Abernathy, tomorrow morning they're going to be knocking on my door. Hang on. Hang on. Take God home with you tonight. Yeah. And watch what He'll do. I said, watch what He'll do. Yes. We're yes. serving a God that has no boundaries to the laws of this world. That's right. The rules do not. So in your hand is a faith promise card. And I'm, I'm going to ask 
you to bow your head with me right now and ask of you to pray and say, Lord, I want to give to your kingdom. I want to be part of reaching souls across this world. And I want you to use me. You know I don't have it, Lord. But I know if you'll supply it, I'll give it. Let me be a conduit of your spirit. A conduit of faith. A conduit, Lord, that says, put it in my hand and I'll put it in your kingdom. Let's pray that right now. Lord Jesus, reach down and use us tonight. We are your children. What we have is yours already. You have given it to us. We are now stewards of your hand and blessing. Help us today to do with understanding and faith what your word cries out to us. Give and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened. Seek and ye shall find. And Lord, as I do this for your kingdom, by faith in your spirit speaking to me right now, I know you're going to add back to me. You're going to bless. You're going to do what the world says is impossible because in your kingdom, the rules do not apply. In Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Fill out your card right now. Just put an amount down there that the Holy Ghost has talked to you about. The Spirit of God has laid on your heart. And then we're going to bring it to this altar. And as they begin to sing a song, just start stepping out and stand up here as you lay your gift before the Lord. Let's see what God will do right now <coughs> in a young church, in a new church. Yes. Amen. I'm talking about what the miraculous power of God will do with small beginnings. A toolbox that is filled with little things. And yet when we put it in His hand, there's no telling what God yes, will do. Yes. Will you join these that are coming right now? Thank you, Jesus. you say, I don't have a gift, brother. That's alright. The Lord's here. The Lord wants to bless you. The Lord wants to touch you. The Lord wants to deliver you. Just bring it and lay it at the altar. And let's see what God will do for us tonight. Right here. In the heart. Humble beginnings. Jesus, by Your Spirit. Why don't we just worship Him for a moment here. God, we want Your will to be accomplished in this house. We give ourselves to You. We know that You're able to do what we cannot do. You can use us, God, to do mighty things. You use men with sticks. Men with pitchers, men with lamps, men with trumpets, men with slings. You fed multitudes with just a few loaves and a few fishes. Lord, if by faith we can lay these things in your hand, imagine what you will do with us today. These last days to reach the lost and dying of this world. We give it into your hands tonight, Jesus. We give it into your 